0: Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast, with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally, into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue.
1: Welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond here with my lovely co host. <laughs> I'm Prue Warren. <laughs> Feeling just so lovely today. And you are looking lovely. You have a very pretty pink shirt on. Thanks.
2: Oh, thanks. I know. I got all maquillaged and coiffused for you today. I'm not at all wearing pajamas. <laughs> not at
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> well, since I can only see your top, you could be wearing nothing at all without beneath. I live so. my life in pajamas. Sometimes,
2: sometimes it looks a little a little more formal, but it's really, it's just pajamas. <laughs> we, have a, we have a guest. I'm very excited to have a chat because <laughs> our guest is indie author JT
1: Bach. I love JT Bach. Hello, JT. JT <laughs> writes the most fun superhero novels ever
2: agreed absolutely agreed thank
3: you thank <laughs> you oh my gosh thank you so much too for having me here this i am like super duper excited and honored to be on your podcast because it's two authors who i Totally respect, and I absolutely love as people too. Like, just so much fun. So, I thank you, <laughs> Mary. Clearly, we need to stop right now. Right? We don't need to.
2: Don't say anything. Just leave. Right? This is a, that. That was great. Great podcast, Jen. Thanks very much. <laughs> Jen, one, of the that, one of the things that Mary and I have been talking about, and and. I think you probably know that Mary is the experienced author here, and I'm the newbie, and she's helping me wander through the the deep forest of, of publishing. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the things we're talking about is not only the difference between being traditionally published and being indie published, but also why people choose the paths they choose. Okay. And I did just two seconds of research. Your first book came out in 2012. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. a bit, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a date furnished in your mind. I can tell you were an indie author at the beginning. I mean, indie publishing was in its infancy then.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I was very lucky because I had, uh, a few people like, I believe Mary, you were starting out, you were going into indie as well. Yeah. And, um, Uh, Deborah Dunbar, too, was another author because we actually did a um, I was looking at some photos that came up on my Facebook timeline. And I think when you wish me a, a happy birthday which was, uh, this last weekend. And it was, it reminded me of us at the romantic times conference, which is now unfortunately not happening anymore, but that was a great conference, especially for indie authors back then. We, we did a workshop that talked about how people could become indie authors. And we did a poster up with a little step-by-step progress a process and everything. It was, it was, it was a really good, it was a really good, ex- exciting time. And the romantic times also gave, uh, it was one of the few conferences that allowed indie authors to be able to sign books and be part of the book signing. So that was one of, that was the place where I think I did my first book signing for my first book. It was, so I had, I had people like Mary and, and Debra Dunbar and a few others. I think that was when Jamie Farrell, who is now right with Pippa Grant, she was starting out too. And then we also had another indie author, um, Kristen Harbour, and she was, she was going gangbusters. So and, anyway, I had a lot of people around me and i very much credit WRW for giving me the push to go indie because not only were a lot of these authors, they had a lot of books that they had written, but yet not published. Some of them hadn't published yet and some had gone traditional to begin with, but many of them had been told by publishing houses that there was no place for them or, you know, they, they, they really were sort of, they were tired of being rejected you know many of uh, all these authors who i mentioned they have gone on to have very um, wonderful careers as indie authors and part of it is that they wanted to take control of their career they wanted to be able to say what they wrote and what kind of stories they put out there instead of being told by a publishing company this isn't going to work but they proved that it it could work and they really worked the amazon platform in the very beginning and like I remember Kristen Harbour in particular and Jamie Farrell too. They were amazing marketers. And I think it's not only as an indie author just to have a great book, but also to understand the marketing. And you have to really wear the both hats. So I was I I was inspired by their stories and they gave me the the push and the kick to go ahead and do it on my own. I I was one of the people that was told that. I think you have a good writing style. I, I like I like your stories, but we just don't know where to fit that in a bookstore. We have no idea how to market it. We have no idea, and I I knew I wanted to write these stories, so you know that's... So, so
2: you went through the you went through the endless submissions. You you tried to lure agents. You tried to you yeah. went through all. Which I, I did. F- yeah, I found it a very
1: demoralizing yeah. <laughs> process. But it's a really hard. hard process because. You send out hundreds of, of letters and submissions, and nowadays you don't even hear back from them.
3: Or no. No, and, it, and
1: it's really frustrating.
3: It is. And it can take, it, and if you do hear back from them, like maybe you sent them the first three chapters, and then six months later you hear, oh, well, we're interested, can you send us the full? So you send them the full. Another six months goes by, And they may say, Oh, this is awesome, or this isn't great, uh, you know, or this doesn't work for us. And then all of a sudden you're out of year and you've been sort of biting your nails. I so I talked to uh, there was this editor who worked for Harlequin, and I got to know her at the WRW retreat. She was she was fantastic. And I remember she told me how a book is acquired for Harlequin and the process. Was another was just sort of like another reason for me to go indie because she talked about like, like she just say she gets a submission and she absolutely falls in love with it. Well, then she has to go to her boss and sell it to her boss and then her boss takes a look at it and if her boss likes it then she has to take it to the, the whole team at Mar- at harlequin just say like the marketing team and you know the editor in chief and all and they have to look at it and decide that this is good enough and how they can market it because the marketing team could say eh, I know it's it's a it's a good it's a good story the writing's fantastic but we have no idea how to market it and then all of a sudden the book's gone the book the book is rejected so you could have an amazing, powerful writer, but if they don't feel like they can market it and make any money off of it, then it, it sort of is in limbo. And that process was really daunting to me. And the fact that that could take a couple of years, and then two more years for your book to even be published <laughs> or be, if, yes. if they accept you.
1: It's so fascinating. The fact that Books like yours and a couple of mine as well, and I imagine Deborah Dunbar's as well, they yeah. they were submitted in the marketing department, and it's really the marketing department, mm-hmm. looked at them and said, we don't know where this fits. Yeah. And they were not broad-minded or creative enough to think of how they could market something that's slightly different, slightly out of the norm. And they just... They are so risk averse that they they don't even want to try. Well,
2: I think that's gotten. That seems to me that that's gotten worse, not better. With Mm -hmm. the advent of indie publishing, which doesn't make sense to me, because if if your job is to publish books and you see along comes Amazon and all the other self publishing platforms, you would try harder, right? To I mean, I I just don't understand why traditional publishing has gotten harder at a time when every author on the planet now has a very viable option instead of wandering around begging someone to read their work, they can get it in the best possible shape, throw it up, do their own marketing, which sort of they have to do anyway, if you're traditionally,
1: I
3: don't understand. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because I, you know, some of my my friends that have recently been published by traditional publishers, it is very frustrating because they have had to do the they have had to figure out marketing just like all the indie authors have had to do too. So, and the the publishing house is taking a cut. So, what what the publishing house opens up for them a lot of times is being able to have a larger distribution. the larger distribution channels, being able to negotiate that. But, and also to have the, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of um, a a lot of respect given to people who say, Oh, you know, Harlequin published me or. uh, I think that's what
1: they really are counting on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. That's, that's what I think too. But it's interesting because some of the people that I know who are indie published it's like once they have they have invested in theirself because they are all entrepreneurs. So like when you are doing indie publishing, you are a, now a business, a small business. Just sort of think of yourself like almost like Apple or uh, or Tesla. Like they had to get started somewhere too. You know, you you are a business, you're a brand, and so you know that's that's part of like the whole deal is. You're investing in yourself. And so once you start investing in yourself and your books start growing, then it's interesting how the publishers start coming knocking. You know, they're like, oh, wait a second, wait a second, this, hey, you can make money off this story. Look at how, you know, it, it's up there on the Amazon list. And and now they want a piece of that because you have proven that you're viable. And it, you know, it, it really is all about the, the dollar bills. <laughs> would, would you do that if if
2: If a big, a a big romance publisher came to you and said, JT, we love it. Now we love it. You've already made it a success. Come, come, let us have 15% of your profits or whatever, whatever they, whatever they take, would you do it? And why?
3: You know, I, I've talked to some friends who have had that, uh, you know, something like that happen to them. And it, it, those who have done it, it was, it was because they got tired of the indie publishing and the the publisher was guaranteeing that they could they would have a wider distribution and they would take over more of the marketing allowing them to focus more on the writing and so if something had like a like a kind of a sweetheart deal where I could focus more time on writing and then the publishing house would front more of the cost for the marketing and the distribution and figuring out all that, even like, cause like, I know some of like the bigger authors like Nora Roberts is always thrown out there. Cause she's like, Oh, but that is the soundtrack yeah this is for her like anytime every time you you say her name you have to go but (laughs) she, she, she has like PR people and and the public like anytime you have like a huge name like even like Stephen King and and a lot of the the authors that have established themselves, you know, they have PR people. They have they have people that figure that out for them. And so when you get to that level, and I think that if if I ever get to that level, it would be helpful to have somebody say, "I will take over this, so that you can focus on what you enjoy doing most, which is writing."
1: Uh, may I just mention that uh, somebody else on this call also has PR people. Prudence.
2: God. <laughs> that's true. I do, yeah. but that's only because that's only because I have money from other
3: sources. <laughs> I'm that's, throwing money at it. <laughs> how do you feel? How how do you feel that they're doing? Because I, you know, good question. I actually
2: think they're doing really well, given that I am an absolute novice and have no right. I have no background. I didn't start in 2012. Right? I started in January. They're getting. She's getting me reviews and bloggers are posting about me and um she does all my facebook ads for me
1: and i noticed you're running amazon ads too no i'm not what do you think i i typed in i went to find your book on amazon pro um your first book because i was recommending it to somebody and i wanted to send them the link and there was a sponsored ad advertising it that came up You don't even know what your marketing people are doing. Having a
2: promotions company is sometimes things happen that I don't know about. There's a sponsor ad on Amazon.
1: Yes. For sin and the peanut butter cup.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing I did was when I, f- I don't, I don't know. Back in the back in the really, really dark ages when I didn't know what I was doing in January, Amazon said, "Do you want to put five dollars into putting an ad on the front of everybody's Kindle when they first turn it on?" And I said, "Ah, okay." And as far as I know, they've been charging me five dollars a week and just putting it on my Amazon bill. And I'm like, Oh, I probably should turn that off. But apparently (laughs) I know you're all laughing. It is, it is entertaining to watch someone with more money than they know what to do with. Just throw it just, you know, here, let's ice the cake with a couple of twenties. No problem.
3: (laughs) No, but but that brings up a really good point because a lot of indie authors, like, in order to get the exposure, because because in 2012, I I I really didn't know what I was. I I still am am learning. I still because it changes every like month, every year, whatever, every day. Yes, and and, um, so when when I did it in 2012, I I wish I would have done it like like so many other writers that were doing at the same time where they put out several books. I wanted to get my first book out. So I had my first book out, and then it took me about a year to get my next book out. So that was too much of a lag time, and just if I would have been able to put out a couple books within several months, like pace myself, like they say, like because it helps with the algorithms on Amazon and staying in readers' minds and yada yada yada. And I I didn't do that, and I wish that I I knew better to do that and. I'm looking at my marketing strategy now and trying to figure out what I can do better because I've actually stopped all marketing because I was spending so much money and not having a really good game plan and not being able to focus on it. I would like to do what you're doing, Prue, and hire somebody. And I did for like one of my last books. I had had uh, marketing people do some ads and help me out with reviewers, and that was that was really good money spent because then I didn't have to focus on that and take up all that time. And I think that's really important for new authors to understand is that because the market is so saturated now, especially with indie authors, some who are very amazing and some who sort of are just who are decent writers, but may not do a lot of the, the editing or the cleanup. They're only interested in, in really just making them um, as much money as they can. And they use the algorithms to their benefit because they're really brilliant that way. I'm not smart <laughs> like I am still trying to figure out all that stuff. But I feel like indie authors need to realize that they're just like with any business, going back to that whole business and we're entrepreneurs, you need startup cash and startup cash for, you know, editing and for figuring out marketing. And if you are able to put some money aside to help with that, that's going to, that's going to work to your benefit. The,
2: uh, releasing several books in a series quickly. It's what I'm trying to do a rapid release yeah. of three books right now. I'm I'm, yeah. in, I'm in the middle of it. And the only thing I can think because my, Pre-orders are going down. I'm I, each book is pre-ordering less than the one before it. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. But my numbers are so small. I'm wondering if that attempt to assuage the Amazon gods didn't create this sponsored post that Meredith saw. Is it possible <laughs> Amazon likes me more because I'm trying to do here's a book, here's a book, here's a book, really quickly?
1: No, because it said it was a sponsored ad, like someone paid for it, and yeah, it somebody was... paid for it. You did.
2: <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, la, 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 babe in the woods. Did
1: you see it on your Kindle? No, it was on amazon.com. See, I don't,
2: all right, I don't, I won't don't, I'll, I'll pay for that.
3: <laughs> you need to, I think you need to log into your Amazon uh, ads account and double check what you have running.
1: <laughs> well, I, know, I, I just, I just opened up Amazon right now and I just typed in Prue Warren The first thing at the top of the page is sponsored "Sin in the Peanut Butter Cup." All
3: right, now I need to do this. Hold
1: up, (laughs) I'm doing it.
3: I'm doing it. Maybe it's
1: showing it to me because I've bought the book and I I search for it every now and then because I recommend it all the time. If I go to I'm on KDP,
2: I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah, Yeah. there you go. Prue, you're paying for this.
2: Uh, I don't know where I'm paying for. All right, keep going. I'm in KDP. I'm in marketing. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. Don't go to marketing. Go to reports.
2: Okay. Reports. Yeah.
1: And then on the right, ad campaign.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. To- <laughs> Pull, please. please. Wait. Mm-hmm. Does it give it to you? Oh, it used to. Now I'm just getting learning. Learn more. Yeah. About that's your advertising what, console.
2: That's what I have to. There's nothing on here, which made me very happy to think I'm not buying anything. I'm going back to Yeah, no, I'm sorry, you are. That's not they don't make it easy. Amazon. No,
1: they don't make it easy.
2: Uh, I will put this on the on the on the head of lovely Heather Roberts at L Woods Promotions, and she will figure out what the hell I'm doing wrong. God. Often I and say, could you please remind me to
3: inhale? And she goes, Yes. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, that's really nice when you have that. <laughs> Very nice. Very
2: nice. Jen, when I first, I think the first time I laid eyes on you, other than at a Washington Romance Writers event, where Mm -hmm. I stared longingly from afar, um, was at the Washington Romance, uh, the Romance Writers of America conference, the last one they had in New York City, which was 2019, I think. Yes. Oh long ago oh, and my God. you were in an indie book signing. you were in one of those enormous conference rooms where the sound level was unbelievably loud of women Amazing. so excited to be meeting their favorite authors. Yeah and you didn't hand me a book. you handed me a postcard that said download my book and read it for free. Yeah Does sound familiar. And I had to download a different reader.
3: What was the deal? What did you use? Uh, so what I ended up doing, I think I had it as a, did I have it as a PDF, I believe, because I didn't pay for There's like a service that you can pay for where all the different readers are available on this website and you upload your book and they give you a special link. What is I ended that, up doing, huh? Is that BookFunnel? No, no, uh, it's book funnel. BookFunnel, BookFunnel, that's it. Yep, I couldn't remember what it was called. But this time I was, I was trying to be cost effective. So I created a special login on my website. So it is essentially everything is, was uploaded to my website and you could go to this link through my website. And I had the, the files attached to that so that you didn't have to log in or anything. You could just go to that and download it. So did I think- it work? Was
2: it successful? Did people, did people
3: follow through? I did have, I did have a few people, but not as many as I had hoped. And so I think that that's something I'm going to have to look into. And I think part of it too, like you said, you had to have a different reader for it. So I needed to figure out how to be able to upload the files for, for Kindle and for different e-readers so that people can easily open it. And I think that was, that was definitely an experiment, but I wanted to be able to just have something easy that people can can download because I was using those cards for whenever I went to like book uh book events like there there's a really good one that is up in Gaithersburg, Maryland and I was I was doing like some giveaways so people could spin a wheel and I would give them the ebook instead of having like the uh, which in like the physical copy, which is right. cost me money, you know, cost me like about five or six dollars each to give away. And this one, you know, really didn't, doesn't cost me anything except for the cost of the, the, the postcard. And so I, and I think that's one of my problems too is that. I have, because I still work, I run a business with my husband and I freelance graphic design. My writing time had been very limited. And so unfortunately, like trying to do all the data analytics for what's working and what isn't slid by me. <laughs> right. And I wasn't paying as much attention because I didn't have, I didn't have the bandwidth <laughs> to do that. It does- it absorbs a lot of time. And it does.
2: Can, it does. That's rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm totally sympathetic with you, Jen, because I am in the same boat. I I have my editing and my formatting business yeah. and marketing and analytics not on the top of my list of things to do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, <laughs> and
1: I am not a statistician.
2: <laughs> I can't even find Amazon where I'm. I'm paying the money.
3: Well, it's it's interesting because the, the the authors i know like Kristen harbor and jamie Farrell they loved analytics like i remember them giving workshops at, at Washington romance writers about uh you know this was like the dawn of facebook ads and they were just getting jazzed about like oh look at the look at my excel spreadsheet with all this stuff and i'm like oh my god look at that excel spreadsheet ah you know it's like <laughs> Oh, I excel so away from me. I like, started to break out in hives. It was awful, but you know, like they were so jazzed and they did super well because they were able to look at these analytics and study it and say, okay, this kind of giveaway works and this kind of giveaway doesn't. So we're going to get, we're not going to spend any more money on that. You know, like this, you know, having these keywords you know, pumped up, you know, I ended up having like 20% more sales using these keywords as opposed to these, you know, these other ones. And, you know, just you know, study I took a I don't know if either of you took a Mark Dawson, the ads for authors. Oh. So I did that and I became completely overwhelmed after I watched like the bulk of the videos. The good thing about his courses is that once you join. You have access to his videos forever and he'll update them. He'll update Facebook when they change things and and everything else. And I really, uh, I watched the most of them and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes like, I will follow exactly how he does it and then do it. And then, then he'll get into the analytics. He's like, well, now let's do a spreadsheet. And I'm like, no, no, now let's not do a spreadsheet. Let's just see what happens. We'll just roll the die, you
2: know? You know, it's literally on my list of things to learn is I'm gonna find myself a Teach Yourself Excel class it's literally, I can't even get to analytics. I don't even know how to use Excel. So that's my next step.
3: So Mindy, Mindy Klasky, she's another one who is absolutely amazing with, with figuring out her books, uh, you know, how to promote and market and release her books, the timing for everything. And how she sets up her ads and how she sets up all of her promotions she does the same thing i remember she also gave a class at www where she shared some download for filling out uh, a spreadsheet <laughs> again i started it and then i was like <laughs> i think
1: it i think
3: you're absolutely
1: right jen it is people who are good at at the analyzing of these ads who have really done very well. Yeah. I think that is the key. And I think Prue is well on her way to that. And Prue, if you can get Mindy to share those spreadsheets with you and with me, I think we would both learn a lot.
2: It's not just the sharing of the spreadsheets. She's so generous. It's understanding what the hell to do with them once you got them, right? It's like, it's true. It's true. Look, someone gave me a tiger. Hooray. Oh my God. What am I going to do with this? What do we feed it with? Like I don't know. <laughs> okay, next question for Jen, and that is that uh, I have never been an author when it wasn't a pandemic. So I have never done a book signing ever, and would feel kind of awkward about it. I don't. I I think that, and I I bet I'm not the only one. I bet given how totally introverted most authors are, the I the concept of signing books for people and like promoting your book one-on-one would make most of us like seize up and go, no, no, no. I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to go learn Excel instead. You're, you're extremely personal. You're very good personality. Do you think that those book signings did more for you than your Facebook
3: ads? I, I definitely think so. Uh Uh, Just, okay. So because I, one of the ways that I feel like doing events, going to conferences, doing book signings is that you you can, you meet people face-to-face and people by people. And a lot of times with readers in particular, you might find some things in common, especially if they, like, you know, I great superheroes. And so you can find this like, oh, did you see the latest Avengers movie? Did you watch What If on Disney Plus? You know, and so you start talking about all these different things that that kind of bond you to readers, and and that is one way to to get uh, to get to get start growing a fan base. The other way too is that I meet authors at these events, and we start doing cross promotion with each other. Like especially if we find out, oh hey, I got a new book coming out, or hey, our books are very similar genres. Let's do some interviews together. Let's do some cross promotion. I want to invite you to my author group because I think you'd be a, a great asset. So attending these events have really helped me network with some other authors. And that's been really wonderful to get to meet them because the, kind of like you guys invited me to your podcast, it's like having this community that we all support each other it is really important when you can be there in person with other people, with, with other authors in particular, it's it's really helpful. i when I did the 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 book fair up in uh, Gaithersburg, I did it with uh, Laurel Wamrell, and we actually uh, had a a booth together. We're we're not as she writes more YA and um, you know like new adult stories, fantasies. They're amazing, a little bit different than ours, but we were able to work together, and and it and it helps me. When I'm at these book signings, I am nervous. I'm super nervous. I mean, people come up and they're just like, "What's this?" I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like you're always gonna get like those people that are just like, "Oh, it has romance in it." Like, and I'm like, "Dude, like every freaking action hero, action hero has like a romance, and you know, spy like it's Spider Man, Superman, like everybody has a love interest." So. But you know, having the people that are excited and are happy to meet you, even if they don't purchase something and just take like a bookmark or uh, a little card or a little uh, a, a little excerpt that I have out about my book, is I mean that's a touch. And in marketing, they always talk about you know how to get a sale. Sometimes you need like several different touches. So an in person touch is a great way to sort of. Segue that into uh, actual sales, but it—I it, I find that doing these events with my my friends around is is definitely very helpful <laughs> because we feed I, off of each other, you know.
1: <laughs> and and Mary, do you do book signings and events, or did you I don't book anymore books? because I'm overseas. Right, but I did years ago when <laughs> pre-pandemic and, and and pre-living abroad. Yeah. yeah, I did and them every now and then, but I I never found them to be particularly helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
2: see, that's what I think. So, I, I think it's a cult of personality. Yeah. I think if you're the kind of person who is uh, who inspires a smile, I think J T Bach definitely inspires a smile. Then it's a, oh, I, absolutely. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk myself out of having to ever do it. If anybody ever wants me to do it, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Sounds scary. I don't know.
1: (laughs) It's true. JT Bach is vivacious. She is so bright and so laughing and cheerful and wonderful that yes, when you meet her in person, you want to buy her book.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No matter what's going on in your life, you're projecting
1: good
3: girl, whatever's going on, right? You're projecting (laughs) perfectly. Well, well, Prue, I'm going to throw this out there. So, one of the one of the things that I enjoy doing a lot of uh, after the pandemic, you know, post pandemic, there a lot of the libraries around in our area are, are very generous with having uh, book uh, book fairs. And so, if you ever decide to do one, maybe we can do one together. And we can support do it in, you in the stuff. summer. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary too. So that way, because like I said, like you start talking up because like when I was with Laurel, I'd be like, oh, you have a teenager. Have you thought about Laurel's book? And so it's a great way to sort of like reel people in when you have other people kind of like talking about different stories like, oh, you may not read, you know, paranormal sci-fi romance. But you might read historical or you might read uh, contemporary, you know, like uh, co- comedies, you know, comedic romances and stuff. So it's like, you, you, yeah, booster, you know, like just a way to bolster you up, you know. So just, uh, throw yeah, that
2: out there. I, love, I love that idea. You make it sound like actual fun. You make it sound like fun. <laughs> you, you may have suckered me in. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> Thank well, you. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep an eye out we'll keep an eye out and I, I will yeah I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to it Okay. We'll right.
2: right. 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 he had another person willing to take me by the hand I go don't forget to inhale now okay, okay. <laughs> thank you so much for coming to help guide me through the mists and relieve Mary of the burden <laughs>
3: You know, I and the thing is, is that it is a constant learning curve. Like just for all this, it's a lot of my a lot of my indie authors and traditionally published authors are now on TikTok. I haven't even touched that yet because I'm <laughs> you know, like concerned. I feel like I don't know about this. That's like one more thing I just figured out. Instagram. I mean, come on. I'm like 48. Like, give me a break here, people. I uh, I my, uh, mostly... I was like, What is TikTok?
2: I don't know. <laughs> my emotions lady says not only TikTok but book talk tiktok yes. has a category that's purely for books called book talk xl yet
3: i can't do book talk no <laughs> i know like i have a friend of mine that she oh whenever she mentions tiktok she always goes tik-tok. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> dancing <laughs> <TikTok> <laughs> is like so kind of dancing because she you know, they always have those dancing
2: things <laughs> i think that more is martial arts <sighs> tiktok <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm doing half the time. <laughs> get me okay. And I'm following you. So keep one confidence. Um, Meredith, next week, you and I are talking about, and get this, listen to this, J.T. Bot, writing, art,
1: identity, or profession?
3: Oh, my
1: goodness. This sounds awesome. I know. It's that going was to be great. a really interesting conversation. How awesome. you think about your writing? My goodness. Wow. 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 Wow.
2: They we're not always pajamas and where am I spending uh, my money? No. I, I
3: feel like I have top. to wear like a monocle and top hat to uh attend this. Wow. Right.
2: I'll polish my tiara.
3: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've had to get my little tea out and no, am yeah. listening.
2: Please crook your little finger. <laughs> Look, oh, Meredith goodness. is holding up her writer's block party podcast. Oh.
3: That is fabulous. Look at that. That's beautiful. Isn't that pretty? It's got
1: our logo on it on one side. And on the other side, it says the Writer's Block Party podcast. And you, too, can get your own. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, where do you go? You go to Redbubble. Redbubble.com is where you can buy your own writer's block party podcast and mug or whatever. Yeah, and then of- you can fill it with delicious green tea like mine. Oh,
2: nice. <laughs> Not included with purchase. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you could also fill it with vodka. I mean, it's up to you. Yes. Is your writer's block party podcast all oh, oh, oyster? Sorry, I lost track. All right. All right. <laughs> we need to, we need to, we need to stop. So I, my, my mental processor can cool off. (laughs) Thank you ladies. As always, I thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for joining us, Jen. This was such a pleasure to talk to you.
3: It was awesome. I really needed this uh, today. This was fantastic. (laughs) Actually this week has been a little crazy. So it's really nice to be able to chat with you guys. Thank you for having me. This was awesome.
2: Yay, thank you. You can come back and talk to us about art identity or profession. Um, Meredith, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.
0: That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week, we'll be here before you know it. So check out the website at thewritersblock.com party one word that's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with mary and prue or ask questions for the next podcast write with joy friends and see you next week